The song that we sung just before the lesson, Living for Jesus, again was written at a time in our country or in the world when we were just finishing up World War One. A time when there was a lot of distrust, a lot of animosity, still a lot of hatred that was being displayed in the world. And so the challenge that was seen by some was to remind them, to remind us of that need to live for Jesus and to be his disciple be willing to do what it is that God would have us to do to go forth into all the world the sharing of the gospel for those who stand in need for us to see again who Jesus is what he's done, what he is doing, and what he wants done. But as was read in the scripture reading this morning, out of the Gospel of Luke in chapter 9, in verses 57 through 62, we catch a glimpse of how those who had listened to the Savior, those who had followed his teaching, beheld the miracles that he performed, to have listened to the call, and then to hear the response that they gave. We face the same trials, the same tribulations, if you will, and sometimes we face the same consequence to this call to be disciples of Jesus. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. As the birds of the air have their nest, and the foxes have their dens that they dwell in, oftentimes we catch not what he's saying to us. The commitment to be his, the commitment to trust him, the commitment to believe that he is with us as we walk through this world. It's brought out several times, referred specifically in the next two cases, but inferred in the first one as well. This concept of a 
me first mentality. I'll follow you, but let me first do this. I will follow you, but let me first do that. I want to follow you, Jesus. But me wants to do some other things before that. And in light of that as well, we need to be reflective. What Paul told the Philippians in Philippians 2, and verse 5 through 11. To have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus who did not think equality with God a thing to be grasped. There was not that me-first mentality in the Son of God. It was the will of the Father first. You see it again expressed by Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26. And as you read that chapter, and the parallel accounts in the other Gospels. The picturing of God in the flesh, prostrate on the ground, sweat like drops of blood, anguish to the point of death, Crying to the Father, if it be thy will, find another way. But then that phrase, nevertheless, not my will, not me first, not my will, but your will be done. Is having that conviction, as expressed by Jesus throughout the trial, or the trials, Throughout the scourging, throughout the mocking, throughout the hanging on the cross, of which we remind ourselves of each Lord's Day, of that sacrifice. And then to hear those final words, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. And it says, and he died. Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. It belongs to you. And we get to struggle with that. Earlier in that ninth chapter of Luke, verse 22 and then 23, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes. Must be rejected by the religious leaders of his day. And be killed. And be raised the third day. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. The denial of self 
Take up the cross. The cross was only designed for the means of an execution of an individual. It was not designed for anything else. So taking up that cross on a daily basis is the crucifying of self, the me first mentality, and a desire to do the will of our Father who is in heaven. But down through our lives, we struggle with this me first mentality. We see it at times in our attendance, our coming together with brothers and sisters in Christ to worship, to praise, to honor God, to encourage one another, to stimulate one another. And yet, how many times have we allowed personal interest before the opportunities we have to attend services? How many times do we let recreational activities interfere before serving God? Family gatherings, what our elective works and other things may be. This lack of God first, others second, and ourselves last, is the beginning of that sign of me first. I serve you if it's convenient to me. I serve you and worship you if there's not a conflict that the world has placed before me. The me first mentality also shows itself at times in our giving. To give upon the first day of the week as we purpose and as we've prospered and been prospered by God And to see the fluctuation that is reflected in our giving. We all have commitments. We've all made commitments of living in this world. But have we truly set God first in that giving? The understanding that all that we have comes from Him to begin with. It's all His to start with. We are just returning what he's blessed us with. But do we give generously? Do we give from the heart? Do we give in recognition of indeed what God has done for us throughout this life that we live? If we're not careful, it is easy to allow this world 
So so penetrate us into, into the seeking of what we call necessities that we fail to realize the blessings that indeed have really come from God. Do we see it in our service to others? To take the time to read in the book of Romans. We've already made reference to the first couple of verses. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But I, for I say to you, through the grace given to me, that everyone who is among you ought not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has called each one a measure of faith. For we're many, we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. We have these gifts that differ from one another, the compassion we are to show to each other. Look at nine and spend some time. Let, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be kindly, affectionate, to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit serving the Lord rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation and continually steadfastly in prayer Distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Give consideration to one another. Again, Philippians 2, verse 5 through 11. Have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. Who did not think this equality with God a thing to be grasped, to be held on to, something he was not willing to let go of, but that he was willing to empty himself. If any man come after me, let him deny himself daily and follow me, Jesus said. Empty himself daily in consideration of who Jesus is, in consideration of what he has done for us, in consideration of what he is doing for us, and in consideration for what he will do for us one day in heaven.
God gave that he might bless. God gave so that he might reward with a heavenly home to those who love and for those who give in a like manner. He's not left us on our own. He works with us through the body that he's given. He works with us through the word that he's left us. He works with us so that one day we can glorify him. To give attention to his word, to give attention to the challenge, to give attention to the attitude, characteristics, and the response that we are to have for who Jesus is. Living for Jesus, a life that is true. Striving to please him in all that I do. Yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free. This is the pathway of blessing for me. Are we? Are we living for Jesus? Are we striving? <coughs> excuse me, are we striving to be his disciple? Lead me to Calvary. Listen to those words as we sing them, because again we teach and we admonish one another in our psalms and our hymns and our spiritual songs. We're challenging one another that we would each be led to Calvary, that we would each reflect upon what took place at Calvary, and that we would reflect upon why we look to Calvary. It may be that our life is not yet as a child of God, that we're still in the world and need to repent of those sins that separate us from Christ, that we need to be willing to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, be willing to repent of the sins that separate us from God, to confess him as the Lord and the Savior, to obey him in baptism for the remission of sins, so that indeed we may be raised to walk in newness of life. Or maybe that as a child of God that we've let the world begin to creep back in, allowed us to lose perspective of what name we wear and what it means to wear that name. That we may need to renew that commitment to God once again and to come home. That invitation is offered this morning as an opportunity to become that child of God or to renew that life as a child of God. If there's any way that we could assist you or we could help you in that decision, we would bid you to come as together we stand and sing.